Welcome to Grace and Peace Radio with your hosts, Anthony and Amy Russo. Grace and Peace Radio is a weekly Christian podcast where together we'll discuss how we can apply God's Word to everyday life. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. It's our hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. How about if I introduce? But, but, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I have nothing pithy to say, but I just... <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, do, la- launch into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Hello, everybody. We're back here at the dining table with all our equipment and our notes. And this episode, I promise you, I don't make promises about our episodes very often. That is true. But I'm going to promise up front. This is going to be a real interesting episode. Oh, honey, really? Wheelie. Wheelie. Oh, <laughs> had to go there. Wheelie. <laughs> Sorry, I was just playing. I mean, playing. Oh, these don't get any better, folks. I got news for you. So no, just but, hang on. Yeah, oh, don't he's hit got, stop yet. Yeah, he's got don't, another don't one. Don't hit stop. Don't worry. I, I promise this does get better. It does. It does. It's part of the fun. So why am I making jokes about wheel and clay? Well, pretty obviously. <laughs> I think we're going to be talking about pottery. Yep. We're going to be talking about pottery and the potter's wheel. Yes. And so, Amy, why are we going to talk about the potter's wheel? Tell them. We're going to talk about the potter's wheel because it's been on Ant's bucket list to do a pottery class with a wheel. So throwing pottery is, right. the, I think, the technical term. And For I anyone who doesn't know, bucket list is a list of activities you want to do before you kick the bucket. Oh, right. Yeah, actually, I hadn't even thought about it. Most people know that, but it's yeah. just in case there's no, somebody out there who, who doesn't. It's a good point. So, And I don't really have a whole big list of no. things, but that was that was one thing. So about, I don't know, three or four weeks ago, a month ago, whatever, a friend of mine told me that as a birthday gift, she was given um, a certificate to go to a pottery class, introduction pottery class here in Greenville. Mm-hmm. And I was all excited because like, oh, wow, there's something in Greenville with a potter's wheel. And so I said, okay, this is great. I'm going to surprise Ant with this. So I did. I made the reservation. I, I made sure that I told Anthony, I said, we're not doing anything on such and such a Saturday. And he said, no, why? I said, I've got a surprise. So I went ahead and made the reservation and, and got it all set up. Um, I kind of blew the surprise to a certain extent because I wasn't sure how messy this was going to be. And I didn't want him wearing like his favorite t-shirt to this thing and then it not ever washing out, even though the website said that the clay washes out. So I told him to wear something comfy and washable. Was that what I said? You said wear something comfortable and it doesn't have to be fancy because it's going to get messy. See, or it and, could be messy. Yeah. And I totally blanked out the fact that I said could be messy. So there's not a whole lot that it would have taken for him to pull that together. Right. So. So. So mind you, now all I know <laughs> is there's some surprise coming up on Saturday and wear clothes that 
expect to get a little messy. That's all I had. Well, right away, I knew this is what it is. He did. So, so I kind of joked about it later and I said, well, I know what it is. And she says, you do? I said, no, you don't. Yeah, you You, think you do. You don't know. I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Ready? So I go to get a piece of paper out of the, you know, everybody's got a junk drawer, you know, Mm -hmm. in the kitchen. So I get a piece of paper out there. I scribble a little note on there and then I kind of, you know, fold it all up and I tucked it away, tucked it away on a magnet on the refrigerator. Right. And I said, okay, we're going to bring this with us Saturday and we'll open it once we get to the place. And that was pretty much all we said about it. So mm-hmm. lo and behold, Amy is driving us to the place. And I did mystify him with the direction we were driving. So that helped a little bit. But. Yeah, exactly. So I wasn't, you know, of course in my head, I'm like 90% sure, but you know, so anyway, we get there and it's in an old mill that's now a convert. It's converted with some artsy shops and restaurants and that sort of thing. So it was the perfect kind of place for this sort of thing. So mm-hmm. that definitely made me more secure about my gamble. <laughs> There's a lot in where we live in Greenville. Uh, it was a huge textile area back in the day. So there's a lot of these textile mills, empty textile mills. So this is one of them that they've converted to these different shops and venues. Yeah. So we get there and now we're sitting in the car and there's in the cup holder is the little piece of paper. I said, (laughs) all right, well, you want to open it now or I said, I want, I said, I wanted to see, so let's open it now. So low, you know, sure enough, the bum got it. (laughs) I, I open it up. Or she opens it and I show her and she's like, (sighs) (laughs) he's like rats. (sighs) But I was all excited. But he was still excited and it was, uh, it was a perfect day. This, this whole studio is open and there's like big garage doors. And so it was one of those days that it was only about 80 degrees. Humidity was low. Breeze was flowing through it. It was perfect. So. Right. And so what it was, was they they walk you through how to throw pottery on the wheel for what was it about four hour and a half hour and a half okay was the total lesson was the total lesson Mm -hmm. was the whole yeah so the first 45 minutes she shows you right how to do it Mm -hmm. and then you do it and she walks you through and helps you and then if you want to then they give you another clay ball and you can do that one, and then that's like an extra five bucks if you want to buy that one. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what we did. Yeah. Now, the reason that I always wanted to do this is because of Jeremiah 18. I think I really first learned about Jeremiah 18 and how Jeremiah goes to the potter. The Lord sends him to the potter and to learn about him, what the potter does at the potter's wheel. And I was fascinated by this. And I think I first learned about it. It might've been when I went to seminary in at RTS Orlando. Oh, yeah? I think I remember one of the classes where the professor really brought us to that scripture and talked about it. I think I can't okay. honestly remember, but anyway, that's where it came from. 
So I've always wanted to do that because obviously the Lord uses the potter and the potter's wheel to bring illustrations and a lesson to Jeremiah for him to give to Israel. And so I wanted to see what it was like. So with that, what we want to do today is I'm going to read the first couple of verses of Jeremiah 18, and then we both tried to go ahead and sit there and think of some illustrations. What did we learn from this experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we want to give some, some illustrations of that. And myself, I set it as kind of a personal challenge for me. How many illustrations could I think of? Because that's something that Spurgeon encouraged his students to do in his lectures to my students. So anyway, so Jeremiah 18, let me read this to kind of set the stage for us. And I'm reading out of the NIV. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. And so on. And so the Lord gives Jeremiah this lesson, this prophecy in a lesson. And I've always been fascinated by that. So I wanted to to experience this whole idea of the, the potter's wheel. So I think to help as we are going through what our observations were as we were, were doing the pottery, I think you need to know the four steps that they've got hung on the wall as to what you do each time you work on a ball of clay. So there's four main things that you're, you're doing. The first one is you're making it level. So the teacher, uh, who was Angie, and she was awesome. She's just a delightful young lady and an excellent teacher. So she plops the ball of clay on the wheel. So your first thing is you're going to make it level. Now we'll get to that, but make it level. The second step is you're going to create an opening. And you're doing this using your index finger and on your right hand, guiding with your left, and you go straight down. While the clay is spinning while on the, the wheel. Right. right. So while, while the clay is spinning. by Then you've made it level. Then you do this creating an opening. Being careful to not go too far down, you know, so you have some bottom to it. The third step is called the hook. And you're still doing the guiding with your left hand. And then your index finger is now in like a hook. And you're widening the opening. You're making the opening wider. You're pulling towards you. Right. As you're doing that and the clay is spinning there, the force that you're applying to the inner wall as you pull it towards you, slowly expands that hole and brings that wall effectively closer to you. And mm-hmm. then as it's rotating, that means that the hole it, it is widening. Right, as, as far, wide as you want it to be. And then the fourth step is guiding the clay to become taller and to change in shape however we want it. 
So. Right. And then you form it however you want to. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, Amy, why don't you start us off? You, because while we were there, you noticed a, something right away. I love it. You notice my observations and then I forget my observations. Oh, about what she said? Right. Oh, yeah. As she's giving these instructions and, and what it is, is we're watching her make a pot. That's what we're doing. We're just sitting there and she's, we don't have the clay on our board. She's just making a pot and going through these steps and describing this to us. So I perked up when at one of these steps, she says, you got to remember that you're in charge of the clay. You are the potter. You tell the clay what to do. The clay doesn't tell you what to do. And I almost exclaimed out loud right at that. I looked over at ants like, yes, that's what it says in the Bible. God, the potter, we're the clay. We don't get to tell them what to do. So that was really cool. I mean, that that really, to me, just set the whole tone for the rest of what we did. Yeah, it, it was really neat. Then it's our turn, and we make the first clay pots that we're going to make, these little little vessels. We'll, and you can see pictures in the show notes. And then we finish that. Then we grab another platform, another what's called a bat, a piece of wood that goes on top of the wheel. And... We make another piece. Mm -hmm. Then once all four pieces are done to what we want, we pick the glaze and then we left them with the store. They glaze them. They put them in the kiln, fired them. And then two weeks later, we picked them up. Yes. That's how it worked. With that, now that you know the whole process and, and what it was like, Let's jump into some applications on this. Amy, what, what's one thing, as you've been reflecting on this for a couple of weeks, what's one thing that comes to mind? The very first thing I wrote, and then I had something later on that kind of tied that in, but the difficulty in leveling the clay on the board. Now, mind you, she plopped the clay around the center of the board. Centering on, it? Of, centering it, yes. Centering, centering the, the clay. Because what happens is if, if the clay isn't centered, it will wobble. It's, it's off center. You've got this wheel turning very quickly. And as you're trying to shape it and do these other steps, if it's not centered so it doesn't get wobbly when you go to shape it, if it is wobbly, you're going to have this funky shape. It's a lot more difficult to center that clay on that bat than it looks. Mm-hmm. What fascinated me was I'm working on it, trying to do the steps that she was telling us about, and I was struggling with it, yet when she came over, and I think she put her hand over mine and just helped me feel where it was, almost instantly, it was centered, and it, it stopped feeling wobbly, mm -hmm. and I guess it's it's the idea that God knows all things he knows how to do all things so for him to center us is like pfft, yeah no big deal us trying to do it on our own is pretty much impossible mm -hmm. so that okay. was that was one of my first observations yeah, yeah i was thinking as you were explaining what what it is to why it's important to center the clay if you think about it you've got this wheel spinning so you've got this centripetal force going 
Well, if the clay is out of center, then, like you said, it's going to wobble and it's just not going to work right. It's kind of like when I was a kid, we had record players Mm -hmm. and it was the fun thing of trying to balance, you know, an an army man or a Star Wars figure (laughs) in the center of it versus anywhere else where it's off center and then he just goes whipping around the why the is, wheel of why the is it I could picture you doing this? That never crossed my mind as a kid. That's that's the difference. That, <laughs> it's a boy it's thing. It's a boy thing. I, it's definitely a boy thing. Yeah. You talk about getting the clay centered on on the bat, on the wheel. One of the things I thought of about that is in order to get the clay to stick to the center, to get it placed firmly, you've really got to slam it down true you don't you're not trying to break the wheel but you've got to give it a good firm whack yeah exactly (laughs) you know really throw it down onto the wheel Mm -hmm. so that it really strikes and sticks Mm -hmm. and so it's so easy to forget god's sovereignty or to lighten it or lessen it one illustration i had is if he must god will slam you down to where he wants you to be for his purposes and your good. It's true. It's true. You know, some people, when they talk about how they were saved, it's not like that. The Lord, he set them on the, on the bat. Everything was fine. No problem. Other people, they felt that slam of mm-hmm. God slamming them down to where he wanted them to be. Right. We're going to be breaking all kinds of illustrations oh, and yeah, everything today, yeah. but, don't, but you don't get the idea. Exactly. So that was, that was something I thought of. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's, uh, I think that's good. I, I mean, I, to a certain extent, I could see that when I was saved. I mean, I had to hit bottom with life choices I was making and running away from God. And so, yeah, to a certain extent. Me too. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of slamming going on there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, look and, at Paul. and needed to be right. That's true. Mm-hmm. So, so what else? Also, when you go into the next step of creating the opening observation, I had this is when you you your left hand is is still kind of guiding the wheels turning really quickly. You put water on it continually so it doesn't stick, so it, everything's really smooth. So your left hand's still guiding, but your index finger is going straight down. So where you're creating an opening, just the start of an opening. It just struck me when Angie said, just, you got to be sure you don't go down too far because you have to give enough thickness to the bottom so that during the kiln process, the drying process, it doesn't crack and, and makes it essentially an unstable piece. I kind of thought of it this way and correct me if I'm, you know, at any point, if I'm getting my theology kind of messed up, but if we don't have a good foundation, the bottom, and if it's not solid enough or thick enough, the foundation isn't thick enough, we'll crack under fire. We'll, we'll crack in, in trials and such. Yeah, I I could see that. What's interesting when it starts out, 
uh, I'm backing up a step really, but mm-hmm. once it centers or, you know, it's, it's spinning there and it's now, now it's nice and centered and it's not wobbling anymore. Well, even to get it to stop wobbling, you have to apply force. You right. have to apply force to the side of it as it's rotating and you really jam your hand up against it because it's the, the, the meat of your palm and the pressure of it is what knocks out all of those true wobbles, that's right? the unevenness. And then it, it smooths that outer wall. And that's how the whole thing, the consistency becomes a centered piece that you can then work with. Mm-hmm. So it is in the Christian life that I have found in my own life, just as with this early piece or early part of the pottery process of the, the wheel process in the beginning years of the Christian life, there are many hard presses from God Hmm. to conform and to shape us and to, to really get us to a point that, okay, now I can work with you. And that's really what the potter is doing with, that clay when he's he or she is centering it then after that after all those really forceful maneuvers then the potter lightens up lessens and the moves that the potter does with the clay are more nuanced less pressure you don't need as much pressure because now you're it's a little more delicate the wall of the piece is spread out and so so and if you apply the same pressure, you'd ruin it. Right. You'd smash it. Right. You don't need to do that anymore. You've already achieved that purpose. In my own Christian life, I feel like that's how the Lord has has worked in my life, where at the beginning of years, there were just obvious, clear sins that needed to be dealt with. There were just issues that God had to apply force to get those out of my life. So that then he could go on to the next steps in shaping me for his purposes. That's good. One of the other things, Amy mentioned water before. And water is a key aspect to working the potter's wheel. So when we're working on the wheel, Angie kept telling us, and if you feel the clay getting dry, add more water. If Mm -hmm. it's not responding, if it's not stretching out like it should or yeah if it's getting too sticky add more water add more so you end up using a lot of water in the process to soften the clay to make it to keep it moldable and but too much water would ruin the consistency of the clay mm-hmm. so you can't add too much water cuz then you make it too watery too useless too weak well, I thought the Lord may pour out blessings on us in our lives, but if he refrains, it's for our good and so that we aren't ruined by them. Very good. No, that's a great observation. And think along with water as far as how the piece ends up. I was thinking of the speed of the wheel. You know, uh, I forgot because most of the time what we were doing, it was at full speed. You know, the Mm -hmm. the wheel was, we had the pedal pushed down all the way. And so it was going at full speed. But there was one point, I forgot at what 
stage. Oh, I think when we were guiding the clay to be taller and changing the shape, I think that's when we mm-hmm. went at like half speed. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> some of us don't know how to control the speed of our wheel as we're shaping, we think we're shaping our lives where really what the, the bottom line is God controls the pace of forming us to what he wants us to be. Okay. And so it's his pace, not our pace. Things happen in his time, not ours. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's good. As we were shaping the clay, again, I thought about this after the fact that this is a process. There's a whole process of this from the very beginning of setting the clay down to to the end of it. And the potter doesn't suddenly whip the clay into shape. It's not like I'm going to be cranking this out. It, it takes time. It might, if you're really good, maybe it only takes a few minutes. Right. Obviously, we were just starting, so it took longer. But the point is, you can't just, it doesn't happen instantaneously. Mm-hmm. You think about that wheel spinning, even if it takes you 15 minutes to make just a simple cup, a cylinder or whatever. Which I think is how long it took us to do that. Right. That's still thousands of rotations at the wheel. True. And I got to thinking about that. Well, so also, you know, it's thousands of rotations of really what becomes a whole bunch of really small, minor movements of the potter's hand to shape all that. Right. And Cause the key is you don't make sudden moves or big moves. Exactly. So also the Lord makes small and almost undetectable changes in us each day, each rotation of the earth. <laughs> uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, the potter's wheel. No, that's cool. That. And I think that's important what you said about each day, because it really is each day. If we're, if we are abiding in God, as we've said, through reading his word, through praying, through having our eyes on him through the course of the day, you're right. It's subtle changes that happen in our lives every day Mm. from our potter. So that's that's cool. One, Let's go uh, maybe two more. What, what do you got? Okay, I've got the care that we took to shape our piece. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. I did not necessarily have a shape in mind. I was just trying to not kill it. So that was, that was my right. goal. And then I didn't end up with this wobbly, whacked out piece. So I was not nearly as adventuresome as, as actually the ladies that were also with us was uh, family. And even Anth was was more creative with his piece. But my point being... That was being, by accident. That was still cool, though. Well, it was a happy accident. It was a happy accident. So. There we go. But the care that we took to shape our piece, thinking about how much more care God takes to shape us. I mean, the bottom line, it's all for his glory. Our good, his glory, to shape us more and more like Jesus Christ. But I think sometimes we forget that there is care being given in shaping, like like loving care, not just slapping this thing together. Mm -hmm. I really like how you use the word care there. I really like that. I had something similar 
I said the, the potter's wheel requires full attention of the potter to his clay, and how the Lord gives us his full attention. But really, care is the correct word to use there. Well, thank you. And I really like how you, you put that one there. Yeah. The last one I want to mention for me, and this is actually kind of a nice way to round this out. No, no clay pun intended there. <laughs> how about that? Yeah, that was definitely unintentional wow. on your end. I tend to do those things without even realizing it. <laughs> As I thought of the whole process, and then I thought of me on that wheel mm-hmm. and how the Lord is doing all this, has done this early on and is doing this in my life. All of it, I thought of two words, security and rest. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, if you are a Christian, you are in the Lord's hands. You are right now, this moment, in the Lord's hands. So, he will, just like that potter with the wheel and the clay, he will lovingly and wisely guide and shape us. He will. He is doing that right now in your life and mine. That's good. And true. And the potter doesn't get up from the wheel while it's on there. So he is not going to abandon or destroy us. Very good point. And what is the role of the clay in this whole thing? The role of the clay is simply to be there, Mm -hmm. to remain. Mm -hmm. And in that regard, I was thinking of what Jesus says in, I believe it's John 15, I'm going to double check this. Yeah. Uh, Well, yeah, he talks about abiding in the vine. Right. And 15.4, remain in me and I will remain in you. And so I know he's talking about abiding in in the vine, but it's really the the same idea that our part as the clay is to remain, is to just be there, Mm -hmm. is to be yielded before the Lord. That's our part. So that's where the rest comes in. We rest where where he placed us. He's the one who put us there. That's true. And he's the one who's doing all this. And he knows what the end is. He knows what he's what he wants to form us into. So we rest where he placed us and we let him have his way. And that's the key. We let, and that's what these, these Bible verses, we Mm -hmm. let him have his way. He is the potter. He has control over the clay. Right. And, and if you're listening to this and you're not a Christian today, you say, well, I've, I grew up in church. Yes, I'm a Christian. What? Or no, I'm not a Christian because like it's been said, you know, going to, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that can profess to be a Christian and aren't. I was that way for 20 years. Fight against the potter's hands and you will lose. Absolutely. When that clay doesn't want to cooperate to get centered and balanced, 
Do you think the potter throws up his or her hands and says, well, I lost? No. They just apply more force. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what the Lord does, frankly, with his enemies, with those who refuse to submit before the Lord. But for those of us in Christ, those of us who, who are born again, who the Lord has saved and is working in our lives, we get to rest in him. And then we're just there. He waters us with blessings. You know, there's a point where once you open up the clay and you get more of a cylinder of a cup shape in it now, it's really, really critical. We didn't even talk about this, but it's really critical that you keep pouring water inside mm-hmm. the container of the clay. Mm-hmm. Well, the Lord puts the water of the Spirit inside of us. That is true. And so we have the Spirit in us. So anyway, the point of all of this is that there are so many illustrations in the potter, at the wheel, and we were just amazed by them. We really were, and it it, it was really very cool. And, and then we learned afterwards that our teacher is a believer, and so shout out to Ms. Angie. Yep. And so we were sharing with her what we were thinking about, and she she was kind of blown away by it because she hadn't thought about it before. And so she said it was just kind of making her look at things a little bit differently. But yeah. uh, she was she was an excellent teacher and oh, just a, man, yeah. a delight to yep. be around for that time. So, of course, we do want to leave you with a couple of other Bible verses. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah 18 is the one that specifically deals with the potter's wheel. And so there's that one. But then, Amy, there are three in Isaiah. You want to just, you want to read them or you want to give them? Let's read them. We've got three in Isaiah. We've already read Jeremiah. And then I'll read the two in the New Testament. Okay. So the first one is Isaiah 29, verse 16. You turn things upside down as if the potter were thought to be like the clay. Shall what is formed say to him who formed it, he did not make me? Can the pot say of the potter, he knows nothing? So that's the first one. Then you've got Isaiah 45, verse 9. Woe to him who quarrels with his maker, to him who is but a potsherd among the potsherds on the ground. Does the clay say to the potter, what are you making? Does your work say he has no hands? And then the third one in Isaiah is Isaiah 64, verse 8. Yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. And Paul picks up on that theme about the clay and the potter in Romans chapter 9 when he's talking about God's sovereign choice over election. And he says in verse 21, Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for noble purposes and some for common use? Again, it's potter's choice. Mm -hmm. So he says, what if God 
choosing to show his wrath and to make his power known, bore with great patience the objects of his wrath, prepared for destruction. What if he did this to make the riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy, whom he prepared in advance for glory? Even us, whom he also called, not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles. And then lastly, in 2 Corinthians, speaking of the gospel, he says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And so here again, Paul is just likening himself to clay Mm -hmm. and just saying, we have this glorious, incredible gospel, but we're just jars of clay. And so really, that's a great way to end this episode. We have this glorious wonderful gospel, this wonderful message to tell the world. And none of us are anything special. Right. Whether you are working in a factory, whether you're a mom, a homemaker, whether you're the pastor of a church of 10,000, all of us, you're just a jar of clay. Mm-hmm. And you are, you are a product of the potter, nothing more. And it's all for his glory. And it's all for his glory and it's all for your good. Amen to that. Well, Amy, once again, it's been a pleasure hosting this with you. It's been fun. I enjoy it every single time. And we will talk to you listeners next time. Pictures of our pottery will uh, be in the show notes. All right. God bless you. We'll talk to you next time. Take care all. Well, that's our show for today. I hope you'll join us next time as we spend time in God's Word, looking at how we can grow in our knowledge of Him, our love for Him, and our service to Him. Grace and Peace Radio is honored to be a member of the Christian podcast community. It's a ministry of striving for eternity. Find more Christian podcasts at christianpodcastcommunity.com. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com and on Facebook. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.